0: If you have your Bibles today, if you will open them to the Gospel of Luke, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, for, for a little passage, and then we will go over to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 17, verse 20 and 21, and then we'll go back to Luke chapter 10. Now, the past uh, well, last week I, on Sunday I talked about complacency and and how it's so easy to get complacent in the church and and you kind of get in the rut and you just keep doing the same old things over and over and it just uh, you ever been in the rut? You're kind of in the rut now. You can't do very much with that. can't you? you just sit around and eat and have mom and dad bring you stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well. <clears throat> You get in a rut and you can't do it. It's complacency, and it's very. I, I spoke last week and talked about how dangerous complacency was, and that when you get complacent, it's easy to for things to come in your life and distract you of what you're wanting to do. But complacency. Then on 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 um, Wednesday night, um, and, and the compla. Let me finish this. But the complacency, when you get complacent, you you're not doing what God wants you to do. You you it looks good, but you're you're out of out of what God wants you to do. And that's a bad place to be. You can be a Christian. doesn't mean you're not a Christian. But you've got to be careful about complacency. Then this Wednesday, I talked about um, winning souls. I-, I-, I talked about how that uh, from-, from Ephesians and Corinthians chapter 6, how that-, that we ought to be soul winners. We ought to be representatives of Christ. That, that when we show up, people ought to see something different. That we talked about how we're to come out from among the world and be different, right? We, the Bible says that we're to come out and be different. We're to be a holy people, a peculiar people, not weirdos. <laughs> Just different. Amen. But if weirdo, that means weirdo, then you're a weirdo, okay? But we're supposed to be different. The, the world should see something different in us than, than their neighbor. Right, but we—if—if if they're not going to see anything different, we're not going to—if we're not going to portray anything different, why come to church? Why say you're a Christian? Just do what they do. But if we're going to go through the motions, let's do something worthwhile. Let's build the kingdom, right. amen. And we're supposed to be kingdom builders. We're supposed to be kingdom minded. And so today, I want to continue kind of on that—that that theme. Of, of winning souls, kingdom-minding, kingdom-building, and I want to talk to you for a minute on the topic of you are the kingdom of God. You are the kingdom of God. In Luke chapter 17, verse 20, the Bible says this. Now, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered and said uh, to them, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here, or see there for indeed now this is in red if you got a red letter edition bible for indeed the kingdom of god is beside you the kingdom of god is at church the kingdom of god is on the pastor the kingdom of god is on those spiritual people the deacons and stuff teachers know what the bible says the bible says that the kingdom of god is where Within you. What's in you ought to come out of you. What's on the inside, if happiness and joy and laughter is in you. You, you, you know, you've been around those people. They just, I, I, they laugh at a train wreck. They're just happy people. Then you've been around those people that, that they got to tell you when they're excited. Right? It just comes out of them or it don't come out of them. I don't know. But if Christ is in us, It should come out of us, right? The kingdom that is in us, we're talking about a holy God that uses people to accomplish what he wants on this earth. A holy God chooses to use imperfect people. A perfect God that uses imperfect people. And he calls us the kingdom of God. That kingdom is within us. Oh, Lord, I I, I struggle with this. Oh, Lord, not me. But the Bible says it's within me. So what does that do? Does that, does that make you think that you can just do what you want to do because he's in me because I'm saved? No, it ought to elevate us to a higher standard of holiness. The Bible says that we're to put off some things in Colossians chapter 3. We're, uh, I believe it's chapter 2. actually. That we're to put off some things and we're to put on some things. Raise our standard of holiness. Sanctification, we call it. We don't like to use that word too much now because that means if you get sanctified, something's really weird. You're a real weirdo if you're sanctified, okay? Sanctification is just a process of you growing in the Lord, okay? Because how many of you know when you got saved, you weren't completely fixed? I got work to be done still every day. When I got saved, I got up, and I still had a desire sometimes to go do that or do that. I had to suppress. I had to put off the old man and put on the new, Right? Amen. So let's talk about you are the kingdom of God. Now let's flip to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, starting at verse 1. You know the day is coming soon that the Lord's going to return. If you keep up with any kind of news whatsoever, you're seeing that there's some things coming down that we're not used to. Um, if you ask the people around Ukraine and in that part of the world about food, they really never worried about food too much. But now with the invasion of Ukraine and the wheat harvest and different things that's happened over there, that's not going to be able to ship wheat around there. The world, guess what? There's a problem coming. You think, well, I'm good where I'm at. Amen. I pray we keep that away. But there's going to be a soon return of Christ. And things are lining up for that. And my, my goal for the last two or three sessions I've been teaching you is for you to win souls. You didn't get saved just to, so you wouldn't go to hell. That's, that's an end deal. So what do we do between salvation and me going to heaven? You go to work. You serve. You, you build the kingdom. If you were to come to work for me, you couldn't just sit down. Well, I, I got hired. I'm going to sit here. Yeah, for about 30 seconds. And then we got to go to work. Thank God I'm not God because after about that time, guess what? You're out. You're done. Amen? And so why do we view that any different with God? Yes, I know mercy and grace and mercy. But why would we not want to do the best we can? If he gave his son and he's pulling us out of an eternal damnation of hell, why would we not want to help him build the kingdom? Oh, I would be so. If you don't win souls, here's what it looks like: you're a very selfish person. Say, I'll just take everything God's got for me, and I don't want to share it with anybody else. Don't you believe that? That's pretty tough, ain't it? When you when you look at the the process of you going to work for the kingdom, you ought to be busier than anybody or anything building the kingdom. Now, it's not by works. We understand that you're not saved by works. Works don't get you there. But but. Hey, guess what? When you come into faith in Christ, there's some works that's going to come along with it. So let's look at Luke 10. After these things, uh, verse 1. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also. So he had the 12. Now he's sending out another 70. He says, and after this, he appointed 70 others also. And he sent them out two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. So he gathered these 70, and he commissioned them to go. He said, now, I was fixing to go to all these places, but now I'm going to send you. When I read that, I thought, wow. You mean Jesus was going to show up? Now, listen to me. Jesus was going to show up. Can you imagine if they had Facebook back then? And they announced that Jesus was coming to your town. Jesus was coming to your church. Jesus was coming to your event. And all of a sudden, there's been a revision in the Facebook page and says, now Jesus is no longer coming, but he's going to send a representative to you, to your event, to your town, to your church. Most of us would be disappointed greatly. The ones who are not disappointed didn't want Jesus to show up anyway. Amen. Because when Jesus shows up, there's change. So now you get this new email, this new Facebook revision that says Jesus is not coming, but he's got some qualified disciples, some apostles that's going to come to your place. Your thought would be I hope they're good. Right? Man, I hope they're... Man, they, they got to be good. You start that. They got to be good because Jesus picked them to send them. Now, let's spin that a little bit. Think about if you were the ones Jesus was sending and you showed up just the way you are right now. Would people, people be disappointed? Would they be excited? When you got through... Showing Jesus? Come on, there's something to think about. What would it look like when you got there? Said, oh, I'm a representative of Jesus. That's going to be different. Marty got to change. I mean, we know what Jesus was coming to do. I'm sure people were lined up everywhere. Jesus was, what he do? He healed people. He set them free. He healed lepers. He the blinded eyes, lame. he He done those things. He preached the gospel, the good news. People were, were saved, set free. So if we're to be Christ-like, if we are the kingdom that is in us, the kingdom of God within you, if that's the case, is that what's coming out of you? Are people getting saved around you? Are they getting set free? Are they getting delivered? Are they getting healed? Are they getting prayed for? Are they getting love and compassion? Are they? If we're the kingdom and it's within us, what does the kingdom look like? Do you know that you may be the only picture of the kingdom that people see? So what, when they leave you, what picture did they take with them? Well, nothing. You ever been to a concert or something saying, boy, that was a waste of good time and money? Or something like, you, you go to a restaurant you go in there and eat, and you think, man, this is going to be great. And you eat a great, big, old, nice, juicy steak. I think that's what we ought to have next week or a couple of weeks. You like that, Eddie? Big, old, nice, juicy steak, and you leave thinking, man, that was, that was a waste of 60 bucks. Right? You ever been there? Yeah. You leave, and you think, my Lord. As one waitress said one time that came up to the people uh, that was eating, they finished the meal, and she said, how was your meal? He said, well, I'll tell you what. Just give my compliments to the photographer. You know, it looked like one thing, but what you ended up with was something totally different. So how are we with the kingdom? Are we saying one thing? And when people taste, they're supposed to taste and see that the Lord is good and they taste and see that we're backbiters and fornicators and adulterers and liars and thieves and uh, and covetousness and discord among the brethren, those things God hates. You know, those little, there's only seven of them, by the way. Are we those things? What do people see? And i got to move on. you getting the message, right? and doing okay? Verse 2, then he said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out the labors into the harvest. Now, just so that you are very clear, metaphorically, the harvest are lost souls. The laborers are the Christians, are the people, the, the kingdom of God that's supposed to be in us. We're supposed to go out there. And just so you're clear, because you win one soul to the Lord, doesn't mean your harvest is over. There's another one, and there's another one. We ought to be excited about going into the harvest. Uh, how many, how many, I'm looking up in here. How many farmers do I have in here today? Here you Raise your hand up. Raise up. Do it do, do like it's up there. So we got some farmers. Okay, look here. Shannon, um, when it comes harvest time, I may, be, I may just need to ask your wife. When it becomes harvest time and he's getting ready, is he antsy? He's like, oh, we got to go, we got to go. We got to. Like, we got to cut it all today, right? He gets nervous. He got to get everything ready, right? You're, you're ready to get into the harvest because it's ready. Because, uh, you know, that if you wait too long, that, that grain quality goes down. when It gets too dry or too wet, right? There's a, there's a window, and I mean, you got to go all you can get. Let me tell you, that there's a window that is open. It's called the harvest. And it is timely because you don't know when the person you're witnessing is going to, going to either die or the rapture is going to take place. There is a window that we ought to be a, a good anxiousness about. We ought to be excited about getting into the harvest. problem is the kingdom of God in us isn't that excited about the harvest well pastor that's a bold statement I mean you know how do you know that because there's empty pews in the church empty seats in the church is a great sign of what's happening within the body outside the church I love you. I'm speaking to me. Time is short. Do you? We really, as a church, don't really believe. And I'm talking about as a church in the whole. We don't really believe the Lord's coming. We've heard that for years. He, whatever. Oh, he might come. I'm gonna die. Most of us prepare for death more than rapture. Think about it. Most of us are prepared for death rather than rapture. We're prepared if I leave. I'm, I'm so prepared if I leave, my wife's happy. My kids are happy. I'm prepared. But what about rapture? Are we, are we uh, prepared? Can I, can I be cut down just a little bit? Are we prepared if the rapture should take place right now? You know, it can happen that quick. It will happen that quick. Are we preparing those around us for the rapture? Are we preparing them for an eternity with Jesus? Are we preparing them for eternity in hell? Because you're doing one or the other, by the way. You, You understand what I'm saying? If you're a parent and you have influence and you never tell your kids about Jesus, you never tell your co-worker about Jesus, you're preparing them for a place. You understand that eternity is forever. You understand that your spirit's never going to die. And, 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 and in eternity, you're going to be one of two places. You don't get to go for a while and say, man, this is a bad place. I think I want to change my address, Lord. No, you're getting to pick the address here. While you're in our on earth, you're picking your address for a permanent location. That'd be tough. We can't even do that here. Well, I like this, but I'd like to move over there. Hey, Amen. Let me move on. Verse 3. Go your way. Now he's sending these 70 out. Go your way. Behold, I send, out, send you out as lambs among wolves. Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. Go your way. Behold, I send you out there as lambs among wolves. What is he saying? This is not going to be easy. There's going to be trials and tribulations. You're going to be, you're going to be talked about. You're going to be put down. You're going to be called a weirdo, a Jesus freak, a nut. Man, get away from me for that stuff. We're not really ready for that. I know when we go to harvest, I don't know about anybody else, but when we go to harvest, man, we're excited, Andrew, about thinking, man, we're going to get this done today. I hope we can get this much cut. <laughs> I called my dad one time, told my dad, I said, Dad, it's just going crazy. I mean, this is just, man, I can't get this done. And I, I was looking for some great spiritual insight, some wisdom that would just flood my spirit. Make me feel good. You know what he said? I just keep plugging at it, son. You'll get it. <laughs> Where's the spiritual leader in that? See, it was really all around it. What he was saying is don't quit. You keep plugging. You keep plugging. You keep plugging. Amen. You know how you cut a you know how you cut a field? Same way you eat an elephant. You know how you win souls? One step at a time, one conversation at a time, one act of love at a time, one act of compassion at a time. That's how you win souls. You got to get this gospel to them, but you got to get next to them first. Amen. Let me move on. Go your way, behold, I send you as wool uh, as lambs among wolves. Verse four: Carry neither money bag, knapsack, or sandals, uh, and greet no one along the road. But whatever house you enter verse a peace to this house you Now, back then they used to travel and live, they would stay in house to house and what he was getting here uh, when he says don't take any knapsack or sandals or anything, he said I'm going to take care of you don't worry about that stuff, get busy about kingdom business that, that's the whole premise of it, get busy about what I've sent you to do not about your stuff matter of fact, you, you need to be so busy about kingdom business, don't even worry about your shoes I got you I took care of five, six million people a couple thousand years ago. I got your shoes. I I, I took care of them feeding them. I I got you. You, You're going to be all right. Okay? So that's what he's saying. Be busy about kingdom business. And so he sends them out, and he says, when you go into a house, speak peace. In other words, what he's saying is, uh, is this a house I can stay in? Are are we going to be yoked equally? I spoke spoke about that on Wednesday, unequally yoked. That's just not only about marriage, by the way. That's your friends. If, if your best friend in the world is a heathen, not, does not know Jesus, and you're a blood-bought, born-again child of the king, something's not right with that whole picture. Second Corinthians 6, you go read it. Either they need to be converted, your kingdom light ain't shining bright, or you're fixing to fall. Humanity, apart from Jesus, will always go that way, always lean towards sin. You're just not that good. Sorry, I'm not that good. How many is righteous? Romans 3.23? No, not, except for this church. Let me move on. But whatever house you enter, say first, uh, say first, say peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon it. If not, it will return to you, and it and remain in that house, in the same house, eating and drinking such things as they give. For the labor is worthy of his wages. Do not go from house to house. Now, I read a lot of stuff on that this week because I really didn't understand exactly what that was meaning. But you know what he had him to do? I'm going to take care of you, and here's how I'm going to take care of you. You go into that house, and if they're a farmer, because most of the people were sheep, sheep herders or farmers of some sort back in that day. He says, if you go into that house, guess what? You go in, and whatever they're doing, you go do so that you'll be worthy of the wage that you can receive from them. No, they're just gonna feed you, take care of you. Oh, you need some sandals? Well, guess what? I just happened, I bought a new, a new pair of Jerusalem cruisers and they're too big. And I'd like to give them, look like you got a pretty large foot, I'd like to give them to you. And you say, Well, that's just my size. He didn't say go there and lay up in the air conditioner and do nothing. Say, hey, I'm here, I'm prophet of the Lord. I'm gonna let you do all the work, and I'm gonna tell you what to do. You're worthy of your wage. Put hand to plow. You got to go do something. So if the kingdom of God is in you, you got to go do something. You got to get out there and tell people about Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let me move on. Am I doing okay so far? Yes, Verse eight. And whatever city you enter in, you enter, and they receive you. Eat such things as set before you. Now that's an old law. That because see, you got to understand. they're trying to transition from the old law. They couldn't eat certain things. And he's saying, look, hey, whatever they got to eat it, man, it's good. See, I've never had a problem with pork. Because bacon comes from pork. The Lord said, what I've created is good. I've never had a bad piece of pork. Just picking with you. You know what I'm saying. Y'all need to loosen up a little bit. And whatever city you're in, and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you, verse 9, and heal the sick there and say to them, watch this, and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Now, that's uh, several applications can, made, can be made there. So he's talking to, to, to a group of disciples, and he sent them out, and he says, heal the sick. That's a command to do this. And he says, and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Well, we know that's not a literal kingdom coming down and bopping down right in front of them, right? Sure. The Bible says that we read in Luke 17 that you are the kingdom and the kingdom of God is within you. There ought to be enough when you show up that they can see that there's the kingdom of God is near me. Something's different. We ought to be representative of what that kingdom looks like. It's near me. It can also mean that, hey, there's a, a, a soon coming uh, a king. It can mean that too. But here in the literal sense, that this fi- they're physically there. He sent them out and he's saying, the kingdom of God is near you. Well, we don't want to do that because that makes us act like we're too much like God. Dear God, man, that's the problem. We don't think that we are like God. We, and I'm not talking about being God. Not, we don't act like that we're even close to God. We ought to portray him. There ought to be some features and some attributes that God has that we have because the kingdom is within us. I am of him. You can look at parents, and they got little kids. You say, good Lord, that child looks just like daddy or mama. Amen? Why? Because they got the features of the one that they were born from. You hit it. I'm born of you're born of Christ. There should be some features of Him in your life, and I don't mean because you go to church. Jesus didn't go to church that much, and when He did, He was mad. <laughs> Taught the truth, and people got mad. I'll show that to you in a little bit. Man. Verse 10, and, but whatever city you enter and they do not receive you, go out into its streets and say, the very dust of your city which clings to us, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, watch this. Hey, this is in red. Yep. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near to you. You can't make anybody get saved. But if we project enough Jesus, we have the kingdom of Jesus in him. If they reject, you can say, that's okay, the kingdom of Jesus, he was next to you. He showed up here, whether you take it or not, it's your business. And then move on. We spend a lot of time looking good in ministry. I'm going to win that person over there. And we concentrate on just one person forever. And you, the heathen. Look, you can can work on several people at the same time. We think we got to concentrate on one. They may not be ready to receive. The only way they're going to get saved, the Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord will draw them unto Him. That's, what, that's how you get saved. The Holy Spirit will draw you. There's nothing you can do, but you should be able to show Jesus to them in the kingdom mentality. And they say, what is different about you? How do you handle problems? How, 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 how did you handle the death of a loved one? How did you handle that issue? you get out of where you were and now you're here and I see I see you doing great. How did that happen? What is it that you got? Because I want what you have. But I'm afraid the church is not displaying anything worth having. Church attendance? Woo! I went to school every day when I was in school too. That didn't make me a school teacher. I go to work every day. That don't make me wealthy. It's a good start though. Because <laughs> without that you won't be. That's right. What I'm saying is there should be some results. If we're kingdom, if the kingdom of God is in you, that kingdom, the, whatever you think about the kingdom, that glorious kingdom of God, that powerful power of the Holy Ghost in you, there must be something different about the church. In Matthew 12, uh, verse 22, every time I'm going to hurry, I'm going to get you out of here by noon. i got 18 minutes. The kingdom of God will cause an uproar among religious people. Do you know that? I didn't say save people, I said religious people. In Matthew twelve, 22, I'm going to read fast because you're going to get out of here early. I promise. Well, not early, but... Then one was brought to him who was, who was demon-possessed, blind, mute, and he healed him so that the blind and mute man both spake and saw. And all the multitudes were amazed and said, Could this be the son of David? Now verse 24. Now when the Pharisees heard it, heard it they said, This fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. But Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself will not stand. Verse 26, If Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Now, this is Jesus speaking here. Therefore, they shall be your judges. Verse 28, But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely... The kingdom of God has come upon you. It's a kingdom of God thing. Verse 29. Oh, or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man and then plunders the house? Verse 30. He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. You're either scattering or you're gathering. That's the two options. There's no in between. You're either, you're either harvesting or you're not harvesting. You're either harvesting, it's ready, or you're not harvesting. Andrew, are you harvesting right now? So you're not harvesting right now, farm wise. Because there's a time that you harvest. You're either gathering or you're not. In kingdom work, the harvest never ends. It's always ripe. It's always white. It's always ready to be harvested, according to scripture. So either you are harvesting or you're scattering. That's your two options. It's my personality, Pastor. You just my, my personality. Y'all know my new Greek word for that baloney. <laughs> Bologny. I understand we got different personalities. I don't have the same personality as, as Doc. I don't have the same personality as Jason or Dale. We all have different personalities. But that doesn't mean that we can't win souls. That doesn't just mean that we just shouldn't, shouldn't have the kingdom of God within us rising and flowing out. We may do it a little different, we may approach it a little differently. But the end results, what we're after. So, some people harvest with a, a red combine. I know that's not, amen. We're gonna to get to green, and some, <laughs> and some with the green combine. Those good ones, is that what you, amen? And some with the green combines. Guess what? The process is kind of the same. Just do it a little different. But what happens? The harvest is gathered. Am I make any sense? Is it good this morning? Okay. The kingdom of God shows up Now watch this is what just, we just read in, in uh, Matthew 22. "The kingdom of God shows up, cast out devils, open blinded eyes, opens deaf ears, and religious people get mad and say he, has a, he is of the devil." I, did I read to you a while ago that you're going to be sent out as lambs among wolves? We would think that we'd be. Oh, it's just so much persecution. It said I had a devil at least they're talking about you they already think you're weird they, had, they thought you had a devil for you started witnessing to them you're to the crazy Pentecostal church come on alright let me move on Luke 13 another example Luke 13 starting at verse 10 now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath and behold there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years everybody say 18 years 18 years mm, 18 years you might have an infirmity for 18 years. 18 years, that's, oh gosh. You'd be looking for it. You want the kingdom of God to show up if you had an infirmity for 18 years a sickness, right? Amen. Amen. Some of you ain't never been sick. And was bent over and could in no wise raise herself up. In verse 12, but when Jesus saw her, he called to her, called her to him and said to her, woman, you are loose from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Verse 14, but the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation. You know what that word means? He was displeased. Well, bless your little pharisaical heart. You got displeased. Okay, what's next? watch he was and he answered. And he was just displeased because Jesus this is why he was displeased because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath then he said to the crowd this is what the Pharisee said religious person really just ruler of the synagogue religious person and he said to the crowd hypocrite no no excuse me I, I'm out let me back up a little bit. And therefore, he said to God, there are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath. This ruler of the synagogue was mad because Jesus did something on Sunday. Now, I'm, I'm just here to tell you, the woman who got healed wasn't mad. Here's why we, we, we kind of look like that, that ruler of the synagogue. Let's just wait till tomorrow. It ain't right time. Well, if if I'm a heathen going to hell, and you and you portray Jesus, and I get saved, and I and I feel in sense, and I know that I'm saved, the glorious presence of God, it is the right time. I'm not mad. I'm glad you did it today and not tomorrow. Okay, <clears throat> verse fifteen. Then the Lord answered and said, "Hypocrite." Does not each one of you on the Sabbath lose his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? So ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham? I love, see, they, they, they work working into the new covenant, but he brings back that old. So she's, a, she's a daughter of Abraham. Isn't she more valuable than your donkey or your ox? Boy, that preach. Isn't the soul worth more? Than what you want to go do. Isn't a soul worth something to you? I'm gonna hurry. Verse sixteen. I'll read so not uh, so not this woman being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound. Think of it for 18 years shouldn't she be loose from this bond on the Sabbath is there a good time or a bad time to be healed of something is there a good time or a bad time to be saved can it only be done on Tuesday afternoon between 6 and 8 is it only on Sunday morning when, when the spirit of the Lord is moving and when the preacher gets through preaching the word is that the moment Yeah. Tuesday from 6 to 8 is good too. But all during the week, all 168 hours of the week is a good time to be set free from the bondage of sin, to be healed, to be set free, delivered. Amen. How many of you know that there'll be people that hadn't been in a church service, been in some of those things I have described for years? Some of them, none of their lives. They're not coming to church. They're, they're not coming. So how are they going to hear? When is that time going to get right? When you show up with the kingdom of God within you, and say, "Guess what? The kingdom of God's here." I'm not trying to be boastful or funny. I'm just saying, the "Kingdom of God's here." Why? Because He's in me, and I got something you need. Amen. Then they raise the eyebrow and say, "What is it you got? Did I see you last night at the club?" Oh, that's all "Oh me. It's Sunday. And he said these things. All of his adversaries were put to shame and the multitude rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. The kingdom of God, Jesus, heals a woman on the Sabbath who has been sick for 18 years and religious people got mad because he'd done something on the day they thought it ought not be done. Amen. Not one person God ever healed, delivered, set free, or had a problem, had a problem with him. It was, however, the religious people, those who are are still bound. See, the Pharisees and Sadducees were bound by an old law. God says, I got something new. Maybe that's where you are today. So, well, we've never done it that way. We used to go knock on doors, get to knocking on doors. Whatever it takes. Marketplace ministry. Marketplace ministry. Where you work ought to be your place that you win souls. Pastor, I just cannot do that at my work. You know, we got strict rules against that. We get another place to work. Meet them after work. Oh, that's a a good one. Meet them after work. Oh, now that's on my time. <laughs> Ooh, wait a minute, I was doing it on company time, not too bad. And then I got an excuse because I can't do it because they don't want let me. But after work, you mean I got to go meet them and talk to them about Jesus? Well, what if they get saved? What if, what if they want to ride to church with me? Would your car full? See, a lot of times we don't want to win souls because of something that we might have to do after the fact. What's it going to cost me? Cost costs the disciples everything. But, I mean, I know you're better than them, so don't worry about that. You're, 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 you got an excuse card. You got a hall pass. You're good. Amen. The kingdom of God causes men to have problems with their theology. The kingdom of God causes men to have problems with their theology. Because most times man's theology is wrong. That kingdom of God, this true gospel, will cause you to have problems with your theology. You can be saved for five years, six years, seven years. And if you're in God's word, I promise you, God's going to deal with you about something, about what you have believed, or why you have believed it, or how you believe it, or what you think's okay. And God's word, because he says, I'll reprove and correct and instruct. That's what the word says. I chasten those whom I love. And so if you're in this thing for 20 years and God's never convicted you, uh, the Holy Spirit's never convicted you, you've never been tweaked. I want to look at your theology. I'll close. It is the kingdom of man that has a problem with the kingdom of God. It is the kingdom of man that has a problem with the kingdom of God. Think about it. It is the kingdom of man. What I want to do, I'm set up my kingdom. I'm going to do it this way. Remember the the, the, the rich man, he went to the Lord and he said, well, what, what must I do to be saved? And he, he said, well, you got to do this, this, and this. And he said, oh, I'll do all that. We'll, we'll go sell what you got and give to the poor. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. We draw the line right there. I was with you, Lord, till that. I was with you, Lord, till I had to do something more. I thought you are just going to do all the stuff. Oh, I'm going to be the one to save them, but you're going to be the one to reach them. He saves you, reach. He saves you, you talk. Come on. You still love me? After today, I want you to be soul winners. Just go. Let's build the kingdom. Let's build the kingdom. You'll be lambs amongst wolves. But build the kingdom anyway. Nehemiah, built with one hand, had a sword in the other. But he said it was going to be easy. Build the kingdom. You are the kingdom of God. It is in you. Didn't say you were God. The kingdom of God, What you ought to represent what that looks like. Christ-like. Amen? Will you stand with me?